Hello, everyone. Guess who's back with Conscious Commentary? Can't believe it. It's been five months. Five months since I did my last segment with you all. We were talking about owls and ET contact. This was on the heels of my show with Mike Cleland, which I, I you know, I just listened to that that segment uh, quite a few months ago, and it's still quite interesting. I'm going to leave a link for that because. Uh, I think it might somehow connect with what we're going to be talking about today. But nonetheless, I'm back. I'm going to get into this. I've got a few things to say. And like I said to you the last time, you know, conscious commentary is something that um, originally we had done weekly. And then I decided, you know, because I really want this particular segment to speak to you, to speak to your own experiences, you know, there's sometimes that we need to kind of get into the conversation, uh, based on what's going on, what may be going on in your life, some things that I might like to share with you. Other times, eh, I I don't think it's a a routine thing. So again, I want to continue with conscious commentary, but only when it's warranted. Well, needless to say, some of the things I'd like to share with you today, I, I think are definitely warranted, justified, and I think you might be interested in. So without further ado, let's get into it. Oh, big sigh. Wow, what a trip. What a trip I had. I just returned from Australia. Or as they say in Australia, they don't say Australia, they say Australia. <laughs> I love trying to get the, 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 the local dialect down. Australia. I just returned from Down Under, also known as Oz. It was about a 24-hour trip, all told, uh, to and from And, uh, oh boy, what a trip it was, figuratively, literally, an adventure, a beautiful, beautiful array of experiences is what I would, what I would say. We'll be sort of peppering the conversation with, obviously, we're going to be talking about uh, what happened there, um, but also peppering it with, uh, why I was there, of course, for the uh, 2020 Cosmic Consciousness Conference in Uluru in the Northern Territory of Central Australia, of which it was steaming hot, which I knew. I'd been there last year, so I kind of knew what to expect, but it was it was hot. Quite the contrast with the, the winter we're experiencing here in the Northeast of the United States. Now, many of you, I'm sure, in the audience know that uh, on January 12th, to be specific, we went through quite quite a shift as it is been explained. We're talking about the well-known Saturn-Pluto conjunction and activation that was centered at the planetary solar plexus chakra, which is Uluru. The planetary solar plexus chakra. I admittedly am not uh, as astute as I probably would like to be when it comes to understanding the significance of of the energies that permeate and pervade our planet and how they connect to the larger uh, cosmological system, as it were. But obviously, having been to Uluru and going back for a second time, I've made it my business to know a little bit about the power inherent in that space. Well, I've experienced it firsthand and now for uh, trip number two. But in terms of 2020, which we are now in the first month. My does the time fly. And this conjunction that took place, uh, this so-called shift, we use that word so loosely 
these days. And yet, uh, I don't know that there's any other way we could put it that in which subtle energies, which can affect us in subtle ways, and maybe in some cases, not so subtle ways, uh, an activation that is said to not certainly has not happened in our lifetime, and perhaps many thousands of years took place, and is still in effect. I want to get into that. uh, As we speak, this conjunction, the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, also called an archetypal conjunction, which was uh, said to affect all of us on the planet. But the center, the nerve center of this conjunction, uh, in fact, took place in Uluru. There's more to it, guys. And I'm not going to, I'm speaking out of school, because as I said, I don't know a lot about it. I just know there was a lot of action happening where I was while I was in Uluru in Australia. So I thought I would take this opportunity to talk a bit about some of the things that I observed, not just in my own sphere, my own energy center, but in those that I was uh, amongst during this, this conference and beyond. I'm calling this Expect the Unexpected, and I think for good reason. Now, obviously, there were a lot of people, not just people attending this conference, the Cosmic Consciousness Conference, of which it was amazing, but people coming from all over the world to Uluru, well aware of the this, this what people are calling the activation. People the, uh, in the hotel uh, where I, I stayed in Uluru, not necessarily spiritual, so to speak, were also aware of this. Of, of course, the indigenous people very much embracing and celebrating this this special time in our history. A lot of people came to embrace and partake in whatever was to happen uh, on January 12th, which by the way, the actual activation or conjunction took, pa- took place at 1234 a.m. on the 12th. That would be one, two, three, four in Uluru, which I find quite interesting. But I want to start out by letting you know what I, I had a lot of conversations with a lot of journeyers that came to the conference. I'm so excited. Shout out to all of you. Uh, but I had a chance to, to sit with many of you prior to this activation. And I wanted to get a sense of what people were expecting, what they were looking for, what their thoughts were about this unprecedented conjunction? What were their thoughts? And I got a variety of uh, feedback. I think a lot of people had and still have perhaps an expectation as to feeling uh, ascended, evolved. We We can put a lot of words on it. But moreover, what I wanted to convey whenever I had an opportunity, this is just my thought, my feeling, is that Typically, when we put an expectation on something, particularly an event, something that's going to happen in our 3D space and time, when we put an expectation on it, could we be inhibiting the possibility of what might happen? In other words, when you have a set expectation, let's say you're doing a lot of research about this sort of thing, and you're told, uh, expect to feel lighter and more, you know, spiritually evolved and more intuitive, perhaps you'll get more psychic hits, I don't know, whatever you may have read or learned about it, you start to form an expectation. And invariably, the event will play out and either nothing will happen or something completely different. 
And you say, well, wait a minute, what happened here? And that's why I say never have an expectation on a given thing, because chances are you're not going to experience that at all. But moreover, in the expectation, you perhaps energetically uh, limit the possibility of what can happen. And that's why I say expect the unexpected, (laughs) if that makes any sense. And that's kind of, I was really just trying to level set with people that I was talking to, because we don't know what this is. We don't know the gravity of it. And we don't know how it's going to play out. And the other thing that I had a very, very specific sense about is that the thing, whatever effect we might uh, have as a result of the experience may very well not happen for days, weeks, months, maybe even years after. Remember, this is not, although it it was earmarked as an acute event happening at 1234 on January 12th, early morning, there's an arc of influence that I feel, particularly with planetary uh, events, the effects having a certain effect on us, our bodies, our corporeal structure, as well as our energetic uh, uh, you know, our energy, uh, energies, I should say, the effects can be long lasting and, and something as powerful as well should be. So my point is, regardless of what took place in our space and time, my sense is that the effects, the after effects will be sustained long after. Okay, now that being said, I want to get into a little bit of what I experienced, uh, not only after, not well, during and after, but before the event took place. So I want to take you through a series of events that uh, I, I thought I'd like to share with you, thought you might be interested in. Starting with January 11th, that was Saturday. Now, the only thing that I resolved to do prior to this conjunction was to take mental note of my thoughts and feelings Uh, both before and after the so-called conjunction. And so I remember feeling on Saturday, it was a beautiful day in Uluru, very warm. Everyone's feeling, well, people were feeling, I think, a range of feelings. And I I also asked people how they were feeling prior to. But for me, I'll tell you, I, I got, I felt this sense of melancholy. I'm still trying to kind of put my finger on how I would describe it. But in taking note of my feeling, I I wasn't necessarily sad, but melancholy, almost as if there was a sense of loss. Uh, but loss of what I didn't know. I felt very reflective, or in a sort of ref- a mode of reflection. And I felt a sense of unfamiliarity, if that makes any sense. These are the these are the the words that I would use to describe my my demeanor on that day had no reason to feel this way. A little bit of sadness, a little bit, a little bit of a sense of loss, melancholy, mellow, but in a sort of mm, ungrounded kind of way. Let's say, okay. I took note of that, and I said, okay, well, maybe that is just universe universe's way of getting me ready for what's to happen. I don't know, but I'm just going to make note of it. Okay, let's move on to January 12th, which was Sunday, the day. Now remember, the conjunction uh, occurred, at least began, let's just say, 
at 12.34 a.m. on the 12th. So when I woke up, now I did not, (laughs) I tried my best to stay awake for it, but I was kind of feeling the effects of that flight still. I had only been in in the country for a few days at this point, so I was still a little tired. So I didn't quite make it to 12.34 a.m. I did sleep through it, but I had a feeling that regardless of whether I consciously, you know, uh, celebrated this activation or would not, it would still have an effect, of course, because this is affecting people all over the world, people that are completely oblivious to the fact that something like this is happening. It's still having an effect, if this is indeed really what's going on. And I do feel that there was something powerful going on. So I woke up on Sunday. And this was the day of my my keynote, by the way, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, so I wanted to feel strong, of course, and I wanted to feel uh, clear. And I woke up, had a beautiful, beautiful room with a view of a partial view of Uluru with a terrace, flowers, beautiful birds chirping, and it couldn't be a more perfect uh, environment. But I got up, I went went out to have coffee early in the morning. And I thought to myself, hmm, again, making a commitment to make mental note of my state of being each day that I woke up, I felt steady, balanced, uh, resolute, really almost the exact opposite of the day before. Now, I had not done anything, I didn't even stay awake for this activation. But I still uh, somehow know that it it hit me. And I was definitely feeling a little bit more steady on my feet, let's just say maybe it's because I got more sleep. I don't know. But it was it was a completely different feeling. There was quite the contrast between January 11th and January 12th. So that uh, was important for me to make note of. Okay, Let's move on from that to this. We're talking about January 12th, the day this all happened. And of course, these energies, you cannot look at these in a vacuum. They're happening. Still, we're we're, uh, experiencing the effects. And I do believe like PMH Atwater, who, by the way, is going to be on the show next week to talk more about this, says this is something that's not only uh, will have long after effects, but really the the beginnings of this uh, sort of energy signature have been in our space months prior to. So uh, she's got a lot to say about that. Um, Christine Day, I'm going to hop around a little bit because I want to see if I can bring all of this together. Christine Day, you remember, you may remember, I had her on the show uh, last December, about mid-December. She did a fabulous, fabulous presentation, uh, several, as a matter of fact, at uh, Cosmic Consciousness, as well as her own um, sort of brand of activation. Uh, she is considered the Palladian ambassador. She's been working with the Palladian Council for many, many years and uh, channels messages from them. And she was on fire at the Cosmic Consciousness Conference. Um, and she did what I would loosely call an activation that had a profound effect on the audience. Now, I was not in the room for the entire uh, the entire uh, session, but I can tell you that, and I could hear her from even outside in the hallway of the venue and hear the people on the inside. There was something very, very powerful happening. When this activation ended and I went into the room, and I'm going to go ahead and say this, I'm certainly not going to mention any names, but we had, there were several people in this uh 
venue, who what I would what I would say were having tower moments. I'm trying to think of the right word to describe uh, just very visceral, raw stuff coming to the surface. Something that Christine did brought these people, figuratively speaking, to their knees. There was there was a lot of emotion that came up. I'm, I I think I'm I'm not going to go into too much detail, but let's just say these were people that were having maybe even a sort of spiritual emergency, but a cleansing. I've, I've talked to a couple of these people after the fact, and they explained to me that this was something that they they didn't know what was happening at the time, but after it happened, they knew that there was a clearing that was going on. Clearly, Christine activated something in quite a few people here. Now, was this... Uh, was the, the energies that were present at Uluru at that time, I, I would imagine, had a, a big effect uh, added to the potency of the experience that these individuals were having. But I saw that with my own eyes. I was a little concerned because some people were really very, um, very emotionally um, wrought, I would say. Uh, but after after all was said and done, they seem to feel very clear. Now, my talk happened, there was a little bit of a break between Christine and my own talk, but my talk was immediately after hers. And I felt the sense, guys, when I got on stage, uh, before I got into my presentation, I mean, the people were going through a lot, there was a lot of intense energy there. Uh, I felt the need to say to the audience, okay, I know that you all have been through a lot in really the last couple of days, but particularly with Christine's activation session. Now, I think it's time we bring this back into balance, bring ourselves back into balance. We're going through a lot, a lot of people, and I'm, I'm sure I'm talking to some of you right now, in the last year even, but particularly in the last month or so, have been going through some really intense purging. And, you know, Perhaps some of it's self-initiated. A lot of it is uh, uh, involuntary, but indicative of the energies that are going on right now. And I think we need to make note of that and make note of the fact that it is important to, we hear it all the time, ground ourselves, bring ourselves back to equilibrium so we can maintain some form of control over what is happening, these unprecedented energies. And so that's how I started my talk. And I think people, you know, I had them go through some breathing exercises and really just kind of bringing ourselves back into balance. Uh, So it was all good, all good there. So that was January 12th. At this point, I, again, always in a mode of observation and exploration. And, you know, this was an adventure for me being in Australia at this time, being in Uluru at this time, really taking note of the demeanor of the people, not just the people at the conference, but just in the environment. There were a lot of people there on vacation and coming for this this special event. And I could sense clearly there was um, movement, a lot of movement going on, including with myself. I'm going to talk about a couple of synchronicities that, that occurred that uh, I really feel are indicative of the the time and the space that I was in. Just a couple of little, these are light, but I, I still, I like to take note of everything because when you, when you take all of these things together, you see a pattern forming of, uh, you know, what I like to call the energy signature that is apparent when you, when you, when you look at it. 
couple of synchronicities, you know, after my talk, uh, which was about, I think I, I plugged this in my last conscious commentary five months ago, we talked about the connection between our animal companions here on earth and the ET realm. And moreover, how they may act as emissaries on behalf of non-human intelligence to help bridge us to that reality. This was the theme of my talk. And apparently it struck a chord with a lot of people. We have a lot of animal lovers out there, and uh, including myself. And so uh, it, it, people tended to resonate with that as an entry point to their possible connection with non-human intelligence. So uh, I'd given that talk, and you know, after the talk, as, as will often happen, people want to tell their stories, which I love. And so there were a stream of people that wanted to, to talk to me, um, take me aside and tell me their stories after the talk, which I absolutely adore. And one woman, I'll never forget, I can see her face right now, she's so animated, a lovely woman who had a wonderful story to tell. I'm not going to share it with you right now, because that's not the point. I want to get to the synchronicity. She's telling me about... Um, her own, what she believed is, uh, would be an ET contact or a series of ET contact experiences and how they were connected to animals in her life here, really just in line with, with what I was discussing. And I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, look at her. She, she reminds me so much of my dear, dear cousin, whose name is Marion. And I'm looking at her and she's her, her animation and her mannerisms were exactly like my cousin Marion. Well, I'm looking and I'm listening to obviously what she's saying, but I kept getting this thought, my cousin Marion, my cousin Marion. Well, guys, eventually I end up looking at her name tag. You know, all the delegates at the conference had their own name tag. What do you think her name was? Of course, Marion. <laughs> so strike one, not strike one, but you know, check one. There was a synchronicity there, light, but just, you know, I, I'm, I'm cognizant of these things. So that was my, my Marian story. Then there's another acute one that I want to I want to share with you. And this has to do with my being in Australia. I was talking to uh, Danielle. I want to give a shout out to my, my buddy, Danielle, who's from uh, Sydney that attended the conference. I'm talking to Danielle and I'm saying, yeah, you know, we're talking about a bunch of things. But I said, I am. Um, I've been to Australia before and I'm thinking, you know, uh, when I was there last year, I got a beautiful painting that I brought back. And even though I'm so far away from home and I should be getting something, I don't really need anything. And she's like, well, you should get a little something, just a little memento. I said, you know, you're right. Maybe I'll find a little memento uh, uh, just to mark my, my second trip here to Australia. Guys, the moment I said, if I just got a little memento, somebody walked out. This happened to be Catherine Han, shout out to Catherine, one of the, the, the uh, conference producers. Um, her son walks out and says, here, Alexis, mom wants you to have this. Immediately, as I was saying, maybe just a little memento. He walks out and hands me uh, what you call a talk button. You know those buttons? I wish I brought it in here. I'd, I'd hit it for you. It's called... It, it, it's remember the easy button from Staples for those of you in the States and you would hit it and it would just say, that's easy. Well, this is a, a an Australian talk button. So when you hit it, it has all this man who says these good day, good day, mate. <laughs> I'm practicing. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> all these little, little phrases. There's my souvenir, right? As soon as I said, maybe a little memento, he comes walking out saying, mom wants, mom wants you to have this. You know, these are just little anecdotes, right? But they, to me, are emblematic of something so powerful. 
when you take note of uh, patterns all around us working so closely with us, we can see that there that universe acts on purpose. Nothing is by accident. So taking these synchronicities, and you all know I love to talk about synchronicity because I think there's so I think that they are give such clues as to to how how symmetric our universe is and how it responds and communicates with us. And taking all of this into account, where we were at the time, at that time, taking note, just observing. Let's see what the energy is like before this conjunction and how it was after. I felt unsteady, unbalanced, a bit lost before and after things just started coming into complete symmetry with these synchronicities. My feeling balanced and calm the day after. Now I want to share with you, I want to move on from this, the sort of light light synchronicity, uh, synchronicities, I should say, to some of the more um, intense experiences that I encountered uh, while I was there. I'm going to call this the unexpected. All of it was, quite frankly. That's why I say expect the unexpected. <laughs> so let's call this the plane trip. Now, I mind you, coming from the States, I think I counted seven. I was on seven planes between here and uh, between here in the Boston area and Australia and all the sort of uh, domestic travel I did in between. This was a flight that I was taking out of Uluru or more uh, appropriately Ayers Rock is what how it, what it's called, uh, the flight itself, into Melbourne. I went into Melbourne to spend a few days with a, with a friend and colleague. Oh boy, uh, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because I really don't want to relive it. But let's just say the plane ride was unlike any I have ever taken in my life. And I do not mean that in a good way. I am so blessed, along with everyone on that plane, that we are safe and sound. Uh, not going to go into the blow by blow, but I will tell you what happened was there was some very extreme weather uh, as we were coming into Melbourne. And we, you know, most of the flight, I think it was about a two, two and a half hour flight, maybe close to three hours uh, to get into Melbourne from Ayers Rock. As we were preparing to make our approach, there was a, a very, very violent storm that uh, was was fast approaching. And apparently, and I'm just going to abbreviate here, apparently, we were so close to the storm center, air traffic control uh, didn't have a chance to, uh, or time to let us know uh, about the storm. Essentially, it was too late to turn around. And there were several planes, I guess, behind us that were also about to make an approach, and they had to be diverted. Well, we had to go through the storm. It was a last minute decision by the pilot. And he did prepare us, you know, certainly didn't say any words that would panic us, but let us know, you know, we're going to be hitting some turbulence. And please pay attention to any directions your flight attendant has for you. And when he said that, I knew that we were in for something a little bit more than the usual turbulence. Well, needless to say, uh, let's just say I have never, this is more than turbulence, it was violent. It was uh, up and down, side to side. It felt like we were nosediving, you know, maybe not nosediving, but certainly losing a lot of altitude, coming back up side to side. It was it was tumultuous, guys. Um, I had and still do some flashbacks. Uh, it was scary. It was scary. I did not feel that we were going to crash. Somehow, I didn't. But it was it was um, it was scary. It was very very scary. I'm going to stop there because I don't want to 
you know, I don't want to get into it too much. But I will say that when we finally did land, and there was a lot of delays, because again, the storm was really violent, we had hail coming in, we actually got stuck on the tarmac after we landed, because the storm that we had just come through uh, was now approaching the airport. So we came through it, landed, and then it came into uh, the Melbourne area. They had to close the airport. We were the last flight to make it into Melbourne. And this is a very large, pl- uh, very large uh, airport. Uh, this violent storm came right in and it, it caused us to, to be stuck on the tarmac for a good hour which is in a way a good thing because we got a chance to really mill around the plane, talk to each other and, and really just kind of uh, reflect on what had happened and how, how grateful we were. But the pilot had come on uh, to the PA system and, and his euphemistic way said that in his 30 years of flying that craft, had he, he had never experienced anything like that. So to confirm, this was not a, a usual set of circumstances. This was a very, very uh, dicey situation that we were in. So it certainly made us uh, very, very grateful that we were there. We got there safely. And so we did. So talk about uh, the unexpected. I mean, you you never get on a plane with an expectation, of course, of of having issues um, and worse. And this is this is what happened. So I count that, you know, I count that among the string of the series of adventures that, uh, that uh, was part of my, my trip to Australia. And again, very, very grateful that we got there safely. And so we did. I'm going to move on to the next thing, because what I'm doing is really lining up a string of the unexpected um, to sort of mark this very, very unique time in our, uh, in our history. Um, okay, the next thing. So I went to go visit a friend. I'm not going to mention her name this time. Um, although I I don't know that she would mind. But in this case, uh, I I think I'm going to refrain. I was there for a couple of days. Uh, We had gone to stop by her parents' home to pick up her young daughter who was there spending the afternoon. So when she picked me up from the airport, we went by very briefly to pick up her daughter from, from, again, her parents' home. a day went by. We had a lovely time just spending time talking and getting to know each other um, because we had actually never met uh, in person. We had been friends through, uh, you know, through online activity. She's also a colleague of mine. Um, so we had a wonderful time for a day or so. And the following morning, not the next morning, but the, the, the morning after, I hear a knock on the door. She's waking me up. She says, Alexis, my mom just died. What? My mom just died. She was panicked, of course, out of the blue. We were just at the house two days before. Well, needless to say, it was mayhem. Um, Not going to go into any detail. I want to protect this person's privacy. Very unexpected. Shocking. Needless to say, uh, you know, the next day or two that I was scheduled to be there. And I did stay. Um, I did spend some time alone because obviously she had to 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 deal with this and bring family together. And um, they're still uh, probably doing just that. I send my heartfelt condolences out to she and her family. But in the context of what we're talking about here, the unexpected, 
there's there's the the pleasant surprises like the couple of synchronicities that I had the sense of uh, steadiness that I felt these are all good things and other people having their release then there's the tumultuous plane trip and then this really really unexpected loss of uh, my friend's mother out of the blue so there was there was the light there was the heavy uh it was all there and still is ha huh, how do you come off of that one <laughs> listen i know i'm running long by the way but i wanted to i wanted to give you a taste of what was happening and what is still happening let me give you another one this is this here's some good here's some good news this is somebody that i heard from that i have heard from on a, on a couple of occasions who had emailed me she's been going through a lot with uh her her personal and professional situation, including uh, her house being in uh, a really pretty precarious situation, being threatened with foreclosure, etc. She emails me, this is while I was there, she emails me uh, a note as I'm perusing my emails, and she says, Alexis, you are not going to believe this. Now, she had shared with me that her house was in a pretty bad situation. She was anticipating losing it and was not sure what to do. But apparently she got a letter out of the blue saying that there was a mix up. They re, uh, this talking about the mortgage company, apparently, uh, they apparently, uh, miscalculated the, the, uh, I don't know the payments. I don't, I, I don't know all of the details, but at the end of the day, they decided out of the blue, to take whatever arrearage they said she had to pay, put it on the back end of the loan. I'm assuming this is how it went down and made her loan current. Boom, just like that, out of the blue. Talk about the unexpected. I love getting news like this. This was, what, two, three days after this conjunction, connection shift from foreclosure to boom, you're current. No problem, onward. These are the things that can happen when something this powerful is going on. I want to hear from you. Uh, what's been happening with you since January 12th? Not just January 12th. Again, we're not talking about, although it was billed as an acute event, uh, a point in our space and time in which this conjunction took place. PMH Atwater, and I'm going to actually, I'm going to quote her. Uh, but PMH Atwater talks about the, the effects uh, really were ramping up months prior to the 12th and will continue. Here, let me read what she says. She says, she talked about my own experience because I've been communicating with her about some of my own experiences. And she says, what you experienced physically was merely a shift in energy. We've all been experiencing what, this, what that signals since early spring last year. January 12th triggered and anchored what is to come. It was the final shift point. We are now feeling energy we haven't felt for 500 years. Yes, that long. We are moving into energy patterns no one has experienced for the last 25,920 years. PMH is extraordinarily learned when it comes to this. She's obviously well known for her uh, groundbreaking research and the near-death experience uh, state 
uh, the phenomenon of what she she's had, but she's also very learned, scholarly, in fact, when it comes to astrology and, and reading from a very um, atypical perspective. So we're, she's going to be on the show next week, and we're going to talk more about what this is all about, what this conjunction is all about, and the larger implications. But that's what she had to say, and I tend to agree. Just like I said at the beginning, when I first got to Uluru, and I really wanted to get a read on how people, what people were uh expecting, because I knew that there were some expectations. And my sort of response to them was, let's see if we can take our foot off the gas pedal of expectation, and just be in a mode of receiving whatever may be. This is what I tried to do. And lo and behold, there were effects, there were events, all of which, all of which were unexpected. When you can sit in a, in, a, in a mode of really neutrality, you are really lining yourself up to receive whatever. I, I, now, obviously, you don't want to you don't want to just be an open door and let the bad stuff come in. <laughs> but if you let go of expectation, you do not inhibit the possibilities of something even more grand than you could have expected to come in. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? So in that sort of neutral mode, um, not only are you in a mode of receiving, but you're in a mode of observation. And, and that's what I try to, to capture or embrace while I was there. And I would encourage all of us to do the same, all of you to do the same. How are you feeling after this conjunction? Are you, were you aware of it? Were you all aware of it? Where were you in the world? Maybe some of you, I know some of you are in Uluru because some of my journeyers were with me. So excited. I want to shout out to everyone there. Y'all were great, and you were so welcoming, uh, having me back uh, for a second year. But uh, and I've talked to some of you. But what about some of you out there that were not in Uluru with me? Tell me how, uh, if anything, any effects, and, and particularly for those of you that may not have been aware of this conjunction, this Saturn Pluto conjunction uh, in early January or really mid January. Did you, if you could go back in time, could you note? your demeanor prior to January 12th and after. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from each and every one of you. Let me know in the comments section, would you? I want to make sure I did not miss anything here. Really, this was just sort of a, a you know, download of my, my own experiences folded up and within the context of this conjunction. Uh, because I have a feeling there's going to be a lot more. I think it's going to be perhaps a delayed, for, for a lot of people, a delayed effect or effects, series of effects. This is, this is, uh, this is big, guys. Something that hasn't happened. And what did PMH say? 20, close to 26,000 years. Yeah. So let's carry on, onward. Let's see what unfolds. Expect the unexpected. Okay, I think I'm going to leave it there. I'm sure there are other things that I wanted to bring up, but I think uh, we're, we're heading toward 40 minutes here and I don't want to go too, too long. So I'm going to say ta-ta for now. Again, I want to say thank you to everyone uh, who was just so wonderful to me while in Australia. Um, you know, here's another little thing I'll mention. I've only been back about three days and you know what, guys? I'm not going to say that I'm absolutely perfect and not jet lagged. I'm a little bit jet lagged, but I don't, feel as jet lagged as I did the last time. I wonder, I wonder if I could pack that into some of the after effects. Was I shifted? Have I gotten rid of jet lag? That would be a great thing. 
I don't know. I'm still a little tired, but I'm surprising a little bit more energetic than I thought I'd be coming back uh, after uh, being up for nearly 36 hours uh, when I uh, for the journey back. It was really something long way away from home, but all worth it for sure. All right, journeyers, I'm going to let it go there again next week. I don't have the date on hand. Oh, yes, I do. It is the, I believe, the 29th. Uh, let me just double check. Wednesday, January 29th, we will have PMH Atwater, who will be uh, picking up on this conversation. We're going to be talking more about it. She's got a lot to say. PMH is always outspoken, but for good reason. She's got a lot uh, of experience in this area. She can shed more light for sure on what has happened and moreover what will happen as a result of this Saturn-Pluto conjunction that we just experienced. Powerful stuff. May we live in interesting times. Indeed. (laughs) I know we are and I know you are. Listen, everyone, thank you so much for being with me for this special edition of Conscious Commentary. We'll be coming back with Conscious Commentary every once in a while. But in the meantime, stay tuned for Higher Journeys Radio with Alexis Brooks. We will see you next week with PMH Atwater. Take care.